Hey listeners, it's Juliet from Clearly Off Topic. Do you like books? How about free books? How about free books that read themselves to you? Clearly Off Topic has partnered with Audible.com to bring you one free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash clearlyofftopic today. Clearly Off Topic. Two friends, one unique conversation. Driven to learn, inspire, create, and understand the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just trying to be good humans and make the world a better place. How hard could it be? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Clearly Off Topic. I'm Juliet. And I'm Lindsay. Hi, guys. Welcome back. This is an exciting month. This is my favorite month. This is like my Christmas, Juliet. I know. Christmas in August for Lindsay. Do you want to tell us why? Yeah, so I'm preparing to go to Burning Man. Yeah, so I've never been. Um, I will go some point. No, you won't. <laughs> I don't believe her team. She's never going to come. She's been telling me this every year I've gone. And uh, has she ever been yet? Mm-hmm. Is she going this year? Mm-hmm. Not this year, but you know, don't put it past me. Yeah. So we're here to tell you from someone who's never been here, been there, to someone who has been how many years? Uh, this is senior year, so this is my fourth year. So I'm by no means a like quote unquote seasoned burner, but I've really adopted a lot of the principles into my life, mm-hmm. and I really believe in the community of Burning Man, and I love it. So we're gonna tell you all about it today because like I have a lot of questions. Lindsay tells me all about it all the time, whether I want to hear about it or not. <laughs> if you have a burner friend, you just you don't know. Okay, you gotta experience it. But you know, I've heard a lot, so we're here to share that knowledge with you. Yes. Um, but yeah, four years is not nothing, Lindsay. Four years is still... It's a lot of preparation. You're a senior. You're yeah, I'm a graduating. senior. I'm graduating this year. <laughs> I actually got little tiny... Joel, I hope you don't listen to this podcast. I got two <laughs> little tiny graduation caps. Oh, like no. Like little tiny hats that That's are graduation so caps. And we're going to wear them one day. I don't know when or if Joel will even wear his, but I'm going to wear one one day. What is Joel's excuse for not wearing it? Because he's Joel. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you're planning on going to Burning Man or you're just curious, you've never been... Listen up, because it's about time to get real. All right, so Lindsay, what the prep to me, this is one of the reasons I don't go, is the prep seems astronomical. Yeah. When do you start prepping? I mean, you're basically going out there and building your house, right? So yeah. I'm prepping year-round. I mean, even at Burning Man, I carry around this dumb little book where I write notes, and some of the notes don't make sense at all later. But I'll write down if I like find somebody and like want to go meet them at their camp or whatever, because you basically have an address when you go to Burning Man. So the prep oh. is basically like you are going to go out there and survive in the desert, I'm there for 10 days, so I have to like be completely sustained for 10 days, whether that's water, whether that's structure, whether that's whatever. It gets hot and it gets real cold, so you got to be prepared for everything. So, Do people all go for 10 days? No. No, no, no. What's the average? Um, I believe it's eight days is the oh. average. Okay, so but there's a lot of like, cheaper. Yeah, there's a lot of like weekend burners and stuff like that, uh. which I can talk about. But yeah, I mean, I love Burning Man. Um, we basically get together and build a city and then we leave no trace behind when we leave and I don't know something about that is so beautiful there's a lot that's beautiful about it um, including the community aspect but the preparation is all year long it's literally all year long Um, I'm writing down things that I did wrong that year in that little notebook I am preparing when I get back I'm cleaning when I get back (laughs) there's a lot of cleaning involved when you get home but yeah, I don't know. Um, the prep for Burning Man is real. You definitely have to have everything that you would need in a regular world, plus windstorms, plus desert heat, plus desert chill, you know, and so on and so forth. So when you go out there, um, I'm just going to drive this point home, you have to be completely self-sustainable because they only sell a couple things, right? Yeah, ice and coffee. I wonder how... Like, are they making daily runs to go get more ice? I mean, like, I, believe how do they they like, I believe the org, like, I mean, there's a little tiny town right outside of it called Gerlach. And good old Gerlach. Good old Gerlach. <laughs> there's a lot of nothing there. But, um, yeah, so I believe they just bring it in from the town. I yeah. think that Burning Man org doesn't supply you with a lot while you're out there when it comes to, like, food or shelter or anything like that. But they, they make sure that you can keep your food alive, you know? Do they have a police presence? There's a huge police presence. Yeah. Oh, oh and by the way, guys, this is out in uh, Black Rock City in Nevada. It's about an hour and a half outside Reno, and it's held every year the week leading up to Labor Day. 
So wow. this year it's like the 25th through the 2nd of September. So 25th of August through the 2nd of September. The dates change a little bit every year because it depends on what, what Labor day, day Labor Day falls yeah. on. But And they burn the man. They burn the man. <laughs> we burn the man. You burn the man. So burningman.org goes out there and they create, out of nothing, it's a dry lake bed. Yeah, it's like a dried up lake bed. And you told me one time that there was an actual lake that is there. Yeah, okay. So I've researched a little and it's not a it's not like a full lake. But okay. yeah, it fills up with water. Like I show you those there's there's pictures of people like kayaking on the playa that's when so they had crazy. He, when they had heavy rains one year. Oh, that's funny. Which is funny. So like, yeah, I mean it does fill up, but okay. it dries the hell out. It dries the hell out. So bringman.org comes in and you said you get an address. Like they come in and they build roads. So basically they yeah, Burning Man organization comes in and they like basically like you know make sure that there's a gate like an entry gate they set up their will call booth they set up like you know greeters stations and security checks and all that stuff mm -hmm. and then when you get into the city it kind of looks like a semicircle right okay. and but it's like the clock if it was the clock it's like nine to three but the bottom half of nine to three mm. right so you're coming up like the back like the top of the rainbow kind of i see and, and it's the same every year same every same setup every year and um basically it's like in a little semicircle and in that semicircle is where all the camping is. So they literally like basically make streets and roads mm -hmm. and they like name them and number them. And it's based on a clock, right? So the city goes from nine o'clock to three o'clock. And that's your address. And that's like your address. And then there's like all, there's like 315, 330, 325, you know, there's like all that stuff. And basically depending upon where your camp is in the lineup is yeah. what your address quote unquote is. Okay. So I get lost at Coachella, which we all oh, know is like super <laughs> easy. I'm just, I'm like, what, 23 red rabbit, whatever. Uh, how, how lost do you get at Burning Man and how often? I don't get lost at Burning Man. Oh, I mean, sometimes you do, but like what the first year was definitely like, I would just lose my swords. I'd be like, where am I? Am I yeah. going the right way? Even though you know the alphabet, Sometimes you're like riding on your bike and we're like, is K before L? Yeah, A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I. Okay, well, what's the next one I'm going to hit? Well, crap. Wait, what was the last letter I hit? You know, you're trying now to figure out Now I can't see there's going. a dust storm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you can get lost, but like it's nothing you can't find your way back through because okay. there's, there's marked markers. And I mean, by the end of the week, people have stolen the markers. So... <laughs> It's like, you know, I'll help kind of <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so getting around is pretty easy. You definitely need a bike. Like I okay. bring my bike. Have you seen my bike? I've not seen this year's bike. I've no. seen your bike previous years. Yeah. Did you do things? Did you soup it up this year? I souped it up this year. Yeah. My friend Sophia gave me the idea to put hoop tape, like the shiny tape. Oh. So we put around our hoops, um, on my hoop rack. Uh-huh. And I was like, you're a genius. Thank you. So I did that. Yeah, I made some small little upgrades, added some new flowers to it, you know. And I know that you have to be lit. That's like a big thing at Burning Man, Oh, yeah. Right? Don't be a dark wad. That's like a dark wad. That's what we call them, a dark wad. That's, that so, does not sound um, attractive. It's not attractive. <laughs> so it's not really... There's a lot of lights out there, but it's not like lit. Like, yeah. it's not like a stadium. Oh, it's has lit. Like, it's lit. It's not lit. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like art cars, which are like basically these crazy like vehicles that people have like turned into like stages or like teacups or like whatever. There's a dragon one. I think it's called like... Mochu or something. I don't know. Trevor's going to kill me because I can never remember the name. <laughs> it's Mochu. It's, he's so cute. And he looks like one of those like Chinese dragons, like the yeah. ones that have a little like tassels and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he just, they bring it out to Playa every year. Like they made it for Burning Man. So there's like art cars. They all have lights on them. There's like camps that are all lit up and crazy. Um, and there's definitely a lot of like LEDs and lights there, yes. but there's not like lights to see where you're going. Yeah. So if you're out and you're like venturing out on the playa, which like if you remember the semicircle I talked about was camping, the other semicircle is just an open space. Okay. So like basically the camping is like the butt of <laughs> the clock and then the rest of it's just open. And is that where there's art cars and stuff? Yeah, that's where there's art okay. cars. I mean, the art cars come back to their camps at some point at mm. night, you know? They but don't just park them out there. They don't just park them out there. But that's like where all the art is. Not all of it, but that's where a lot of the art is. It's called the playa. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like this big open space. And like, you can drive for like four miles and just Whoa. like see a bunch of different stuff. It's like, it's crazy. You need like a bike is not necessary, but like highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend. I was, that was going to be my follow up question was how large is burning man like um, the lake bed and, and then everything. i believe that the, like the circle of burning man or like the playa area is seven miles like okay. diameter it's so small. it's like a circle it's not small no so yeah it takes a while but if you have a bike that's not that big of a deal 
So you're out there on the playa and you're and you can't be a dark mob. A dark wad. wad. So yeah. So you're basically since you can't see anything, your bike has to be all lit up. So like, yeah, I have like these crazy like RGB lights that like you know oh. strobe and they have different settings. It's like super cool. I got them on Amazon. Nothing special, but yeah, they're really fun. And so I like wrap them around my bike and then I have like a battery pack attached. It's pretty cool. I have like a sweet horn. <laughs> but you're lit up because you don't want to get hit by yeah. You don't want to get hit by people. You don't want to run into people. Um, you don't want to be hit by an art car. Like you don't want to. You just need to be seen. Like be yeah. visible, kind of. One of the things that scares me about Burning Man is getting hurt at Burning Man because yeah. it happens every year to people who are not year. taking the precautions. Oh, yeah, there's a guy who jumped off of one of the, this art car called Robot Heart and he broke his ankle last year. I saw him on the burner like subreddit looking for a ticket. Like, hey, I'm Idiot. that guy who broke my ankle last year trying to get back. <laughs> Jeez, but that was dumb. Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay, all right. So let's, because I have I have opinions, but I think that Burning Man also tries to construct, like a like laws in a way. Yeah. So it's a lawless area. It's a right? lawless area, but you can't just live lawlessly. Correct. Mm-hmm. So there's ten principles, and right. that's basically what Burning Man is established on. Those are like the rules of the community, right? So there's ten principles: radical inclusion, gifting, radical self-reliance, decommodification radical self-expression, communal effort, civic responsibility, leaving no trace, participation, and immediacy. Mm. So a lot of those are really obvious, like, you know, radical inclusion, like everybody's included. Yeah. And so like everything you do at Burning Man, anybody is welcome to walk in. I mean, unless you're like having sex in your tent, I guess. There's like, there's limits, right? But radical inclusion. So if you're having an event or you're doing something, anybody can stop by and be a part of it. Yeah. It's, right? not, a mem- it's not a members only VIP Ever thing. at all. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody's included. Gifting. This one gets a little bit like misconstrued, right? Because people think that when you like meet somebody at Burning Man, you have to have like a gift to give them. That's my, that's my that's, idea of it. Yeah. That's most people's. <laughs> and like... I do make gifts to give to people that like I love or like my old friends on Playa or like whatever, you know, like people you see every year or your camp mates, the people you're camped next to, whatever. I definitely bring little gifts, right? Like I get these little glass vials that have like a cork top and I carry around a super glue in my bag and like a bunch of those little vials and people can put Playa dust in it and like put the cork and take it home with them. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. So like those types of things are really cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like one year, Joel and I made mugs for everybody in our camp, like ones with tops on them that you need. It was really cool. So there's definitely a gifting aspect like that, but gifting could be that you see somebody walking and they look like they're really hot and you invite them into your shade structure Mm. or, you know, like, Hey, do you need some water? I have some extra or like, Hey guys, I made seven grilled cheeses and I'm only one person. There's six more who wants them, you know, like whatever it is. Like last year we were out at, um, I think robot heart, which is an art car that does like music sets and stuff. That's a famous one. Yeah. So we were out at robot heart and, um, we're just sitting there and all of a sudden we see like seven people brushing their teeth. We're like, what is is going on? And like, we kind of like walk over to see what's going on. And there's somebody who has set up, she called a sunrise spa. And so like, it was, it was sunrise. We'd been out all night. There was a gnarly windstorm that literally just kept us out. Cause we're like, well, we don't know where our bikes are. Cause we don't even know where the toilets are. So we just have to stay here. Oh, wow. We were in our car. So it was like lit up and fun. But anyway, we'd been out all night. Like you're like covered in white playa dust. And she had like face wipes and a trash can and like toothbrushes that you could keep and like toothpaste and she had like toner and sunscreen and lip balm and like she was just like yeah use whatever you'd like make sure you put the trash in my trash can that Uh i'm gonna take back to my camp because leave no trace another one we'll get to and yeah she just did a sunrise spa for people that's really cool yeah it was really cool it was like super simple but she just like trekked it all out there and was like yeah, whoever wants it, take it. I have hundreds of toothbrushes. When you're trying to survive, which is kind of what you're doing at Burning Man, you're there for fun, but you're also surviving. Yeah. Um, it is those little things that truly can make or break your experience. If someone exactly. maybe forgot a toothbrush, well, now they're screwed for 10 days, mm-hmm. but now they've got one. Now they've got one. Um, that's really cool. So are these like <laughs> gifting sweets, for lack of a better word? Mm-hmm. Uh are they just like falling from the skies? Everyone just trying to give you things all the time? Sometimes. Um, <laughs> or, or do you have to seek it out? I mean, you definitely want to make a connection with the people who yeah. are going to gift you, right? But like there was one year, like my friend Eric Trent, who goes with us a lot, he loves to go deep sea fishing with his dad and he had caught a bunch of fish and he like brought that fish out to the playa and made fish tacos for like 150 people. And it was just oh, whoever cool. was walking by, we had a megaphone saying free fish tacos. Who wants a fish taco? Do you want a fish taco? Do you want a fish taco? And we just waited for people to come basically. And he just made a bunch so of them cool. and they were gone really fast. And we had a line coming out of our camp at one point and it was really cool. And like, yeah. that was part of his gift to the community, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, 
I am part of Conclave, which is a big procession of fire dancers that basically leads up to the culminating ceremony of Burning Man, which Mm -hmm. is burning the man. Yes. (laughs) And um, so like part of my gift to Burning Man is that me and a group of about 35 people this year choreographed a fire dancing routine and we're going to perform for them for free right before the man burns down. And it's just like, yeah, you have to apply, you have to get approved, your routine has to get approved. Like it's a really long, drudgerous process. Juliet knows she's last year was crazy. Yeah, hard this, for you. Year, this year has been a lot. It was like February until literally our last practice was like last week. It was like three days a week. It was my fault. I committed to too much, but <laughs> but you did it last year too, and last year turned out really nice. Yeah, and now this year's gonna be better. This year's gonna be way better. Mm-hmm. I'm with a really talented group of people, and I love them so much. And. So yeah, so that's part of my gift to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. So some people like go work at theme camps and like, I know you're probably wondering like now what, what the hell's a theme camp, that was right? That's my next question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's a camp that's got a theme. Yeah. So <laughs> basically you're out there at Burning Man and you're building a community. So you are literally like, if you need an AA meeting every day, mm-hmm. there's camps that do that. Oh, cool. There's like sober camps. There's last year, our friend, she's Chinese and she stayed with like a bunch of people who come over from China to go to Burning Man. So she stayed with like a Chinese community and like they do whatever they do over yeah. there. But like basically you can get permanent, not permanent placement, but you can get a place like saved for you on the playa if you apply and you're like supplying something for the community. So basically Mm -hmm. you're like a business that doesn't accept money. So, eh. but you're basically like a little business, right? So like turn in your little business plan and like show them what your camp's going to look like. And if you're cool and unique and you have a good idea, then they'll like save you a spot. So I also am part of a theme camp and we are called Camp Friends United. We tell everybody it's Camp FU. You have to like inquire within to realize that it's friendly. And that's because a lot of people at Burning Man love trolls, and like I love trolls and oh, trolls and puns because oh, people at Burning Man puns. have got to be nerds. Like, yeah, we it's are. just guy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, so, what do you do at Camp Fu? So we teach flow arts. So we do like very yeah. basic courses. We have um, what we call flow jams, which is basically like where we play a bunch of music and put out a bunch of like props, like hula hoops and poi and like juggling clubs mm-hmm. and whatnot. And like people can come and learn from us. We like have a lot of knowledge throughout our camp. Or they can just come play with our stuff, or they can mm-hmm. come hang out and sit in the shade. Like we're just kind of like an open, fun play camp. Play camp, yeah. yeah. And you I mean, did that last year. How many years have you done the theme camp? This is now our second year doing okay. it, so not long, but yeah. it's really fun. Um, but like, there's theme camps that are bars. There's theme camps that are like dance clubs. There's theme. There's a theme camp that's a dance club that is all '90s themed, <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. But it's hilarious, and it's like the middle of the universe or something like that, and it's all space themed inside. But then all the music they play is like late '80s, early '90s, and it's my jam. <laughs> And me and Matt Red had went there so many times. But um, anyway, so there's a bunch of different like things that people offer, right? Yeah. There's the people from Santa Monica bring something out called Swing City, and they have like oh, the rings, and yeah. like they have like monkey bars and silks, and like all these different like you know p- prop things that like they can swing from. And there's just a million different camps. There's yoga. There's like talks you can go sit in on, and there's like you know, just anything you could imagine, it's there and somebody's basically teaching you something for free or showing you something for free or giving you something for free just because you're a part of their community. Yeah. And I think a, a big misconception about Burning Man is it's just a bunch of hippies in the desert doing drugs. Yeah. I mean, that happens too. Of course it does, but there's a bunch of hippies in there's you know, also, on Venice Beach doing drugs. There. Yeah. <laughs> there's also a bunch of people like running around with their kids. There's like, yeah. it's, it's a community. People go every year, like they call it home. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where they feel like they can be their, you know, best self. So moving right along in the 10 principles, <laughs> because we're slack on these, um, decommodification, basically yes. don't sell anything. Don't support your, like, don't rep your brand. Don't. So is there a Trump tower there? Is there like a, <laughs> oh my God, no. There used to be a guy that went there and he one time built a, like, uh, he called it wall street and it was like a bunch of fake businesses. And then it was one of the art pieces that got burned. Oh, cool. So it was like burning Wall Street. Oh, um, that's, that's empty. A lot yeah. of creativity this festival. So much creativity. Seems like, I don't know. Yeah, not a festival. <laughs> Just at Burning Not Man. a festival. That is true. Yeah, so people don't like it be called a festival. That's kind of like de- decommodification because yeah. you're not branding we're, anything. Yeah, we're not branding anything. They don't sell anything. They sell ice because they want you to be able to survive out there and they sell coffee because the people that get there early and stay late to help set up and tear down and all that or not tear down but clean up all those people were like running out of coffee that was their number one suggestion is to sell coffee you've got to keep people caffeinated yeah 
So, um, decommodification. Yeah. Don't sell anything. Don't like I work for a company. I don't bring my easy up from that company to burning man because it just, that's commodification. That's sharing your business with somebody, whatever. So if you're a Reiki healer, I think it's a little different. Like, please share your craft, but you know. Yeah. So if you had an easy up perchance, it said, said your logo or brand, people just cover it up. Yeah. People cover it up. Yeah. Like people rent U-Hauls and they'll like cover like up the, the U-Haul. U-Haul. Mm-hmm, like with painter's tape and That's stuff. Funny. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because they're really just trying to be true to the principles. Yeah. And like ours doesn't say bullet on it any, like our trailer doesn't say bullet on it anymore because half of it fell off. So we're like, decommodification. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for getting with the program. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next one is radical self-expression. And I talked mm. about this one a little bit already where people feel like they can be their real selves there. Yeah. And they encourage you to be your real self. They want you, if you want to walk around naked, you walk around naked, high five you. If you want to wear a crazy, crazy outfit that you bought from like your favorite designer or whatever, do it, walk out there, take photos, do whatever you want, but just express yourself Mm -hmm. and do it in the craziest possible way you know. Do you have any stories of like the craziest thing that you've seen? Oh, I do. Okay. So this episode's going to have to be marked explicit because of this story. So Burning Man can be beautiful. You see like beautiful people out there taking photos, wearing insane outfits, all this stuff. And then you just get some people who are a little silly. And so we were, me and my friends were just hanging out like in this particular spot drinking. And we were just kind of hanging out in like the middle of nowhere, literally at Burning Man, just like out the middle of nowhere, right around the man, just sitting down, drinking, whatever. And this guy drives by and he has a, or rides by on his bike and he has a dope kimono. Like when I say it was dope, it was, I, ugh, I just wish I would have been like, can I have that? But I, <laughs> I was just too shocked by this experience. So he like, I'm like, I love your kimono. And he like rides his bike over here. He's got this like beautiful long hair, which like, I don't know how he had his hair down there. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, he had this beautiful long hair and he, I don't know how he had his hair down because It just gets so dusty and windy. I don't know. Anyway, beautiful long blonde hair, beautiful kimono, (laughs) cool bike, I guess, um, rides up and he like puts, you know, like he's basically like we're on his left side, right? And so he's like facing away from us, but like his left side is toward us. So he pulls the kimono back like on his hip with his hand and like the one, the left foot, the one facing us. We realize he's naked and we're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So then he puts his foot down. So like the foot that's closest to us is on the ground and his other foot is still on his bike to reveal his um, dick hanging out. (laughs) And it was very large, like (laughs) man, oh man. I like, you couldn't not look at it. It was so big. It was like staring right at me. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? And Jordan, my friend is sitting next to me. He goes, oh, he has a cock ring on. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. This guy's not just like hard. All the, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> anyway. So then the guy like looks at us, like is looking us directly in the eye, Juliet, and takes out a can of Pam, like Pam cooking spray, oh my like God. the nonstick spray. Oh no. Sprays his dick, <laughs> puts the lid back on the Pam, puts the Pam back in his basket, like puts his hand up as to wave and like rides away. He's just being his best self. Just he's <laughs> radically expressing himself in whatever way he wants to. That's bizarre. Did you see it's this just man bizarre. again? No, I've never seen him again. No, that was like two years ago too. So but how yeah. many other people did he did Oh he it's a, Yeah, it's like it's like the version of like the trench coat flasher, right? A little You're bit. Like, but yeah, we just me and my friends still giggle about that one. So that's a a radically self-expressing. So if you want to do that, that's okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's totally fine. You do you, you, do you boo. Um, communal effort. So this one's pretty self-explanatory as well. Like, this is a community effort. Like, mm-hmm. we are all in this together. We all are all here together. We are all here for the same reasons. We all want to be here. Let's, like, make each other's lives easy, basically, right? Like, there's not really fighting at Burning Man. There's none of that. You're just, you're there as a community. Mm -hmm. You're there to be around all of these people. You're there to express yourself and you're there for these other people as well. You know, which is kind of where the gifting comes in too. All for one and one for all. You're like the musketeers. We are the musketeers, (laughs) but there's like 60,000 of us. So quite a bit of mice. (laughs) Um, Civic responsibility. Pretty obvious. Yes. You're responsible. Like you are part of this, be responsible. Don't be an idiot. Mm -hmm. Don't be an asshole. Don't put yourself in a situation that you'll need saving from. Yeah. Like just try to be respectful of the people around you and like be responsible with your own life and with the lives of others. Don't 
get on that art car and drive if you've been drinking. Don't, you know, the same basic standard society rules that you would want people to abide by. Like, be nice. Just, it, yeah, just don't be a dickhead. So in normal life here in Los Angeles, uh, I see none of that most of the time. <laughs> when, you are, when you are in at Burning Man, you've gone for four years. Do you, have you encountered people who are assholes? Or is it just far less because everyone is being there on purpose? And I mean, there's definitely assholes in the world and there's assholes at Burning Man, mm-hmm. right? And depending upon who you are and where you come from, the version of an asshole could be different. And I like to say that because... Just because I think somebody's a douchebag or an asshole or like I don't care for them doesn't mean that they're a bad person all around. It just means that we do not get along, right? So I've definitely encountered people that I'm like not a fan of Mm -hmm. and like don't really want to see ever again. And like there's definitely bad things that happen. Like there was a camp that people were super pissed off about from a multitude of reasons, but a lot of them go by not abiding to all 10 principles. And they're a really, really heavily funded camp by Mm. tech people and they're very not inclusive and anyway so a bunch of people basically part of like being there is like radical self-reliance right so like fucking rely on yourself figure it out and they'll like they're the kind of people that will just show up and they're you know trailers set up for them they have ac running 24 7 they have a chef that's cooking them food and people get really pissed off about that but like I kind of come at this as like, if you have the money to do that, that's technically being reliant on yourself. Yeah. You don't have to do those things if you can pay to have somebody else do them. But like the payment part is what people get mad about. And I get it. Yeah. I would say that's, that's a sticky but, issue. Yeah. But like, this isn't, this wasn't the way to handle it. People yeah. went to their camp and like super glued all their trailer doors shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though. It is like, it's funny because it wasn't us. <laughs> and yeah, you know be, what I mean? I'd be very pissed if my, my doors were, but like, that's a really funny thing to come up with. Like, yeah, we're just going to, Super We're going to make it so they have to live like the rest of us. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's definitely, uh, It. I think it's kind of funny. I think it would probably have sucked for those people. And, like, was that the right way to handle no, it? No, it was not no. the right way to handle it at all. No. 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 But kind of silly. Now the dicks become the dicks. Yeah, but, see, like, there are assholes there. Yeah. And, like, there are people that, like, you know, drink too much or do a bunch of drugs. And, like, you can't always be in your best state of mind and being your best self when you're that you know, far gone, Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. So there's definitely like moments of stress. Don't get me wrong. And it's a hard place to be. There was a year where it was really hot and you could just tell by like Sunday, people were like, fucking get out of my way, bro. Like it's too hot to deal with this. I've been out here for so many days, blah, blah, blah. So there's definitely like a point in time where if it's been too hot or it's been really cold or it's been raining or you're dealing with extreme weather, you're going to get some people that react emotionally. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. And Just I think like we should society. talk about the weather too. Maybe once we get to these principles, cause yeah. that's something that is really interesting. Yeah. The next one's leave no trace. We leave yes. no trace. We have, this I stuff, love this one. Yeah. We have this <laughs> stuff called moop. It's matter out of place. And it's pretty much anything that shouldn't be on the damn floor. Isn't on the damn floor. When we arrive, the only thing on the floor is playa dust, which is, we call it the playa, so we call it playa dust, but it's basically just silt Mm -hmm. (laughs) that flies around places. So, um, yeah, I mean, leave no trace. Like, when they burn the man down, underneath of the man is a big, giant, like, metal plate, so none of the ashes or any of the hot stuff ever touches the ground, so it doesn't adjust the, like, you know, the pH of the lake bed and all that stuff. So, like, this is taken very seriously at Burning Man. Like, you do not see a cigarette butt flying. You do not see... Like, I take as far as I love glitter, but I don't take glitter to Burning Man because yeah. that glitter is impossible to clean up. You know what I mean? And the, so, fi- and the fish who are going to be in that lake later are going to eat that glitter, and they're not, you know, glitterarians. So no, they don't like glitter. They don't like the glitter. It's like plastic, um, you know? That's really cool. And I, it, what about, like, water? Can water touch the playa? I mean, um, not used water. So, like, yeah, if you have clean water in, like, a water bottle. But if you, like, brush your teeth and you just spit it in somewhere and then take that water mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So okay. we bring, like, buckets, basically, like, yeah. five-gallon buckets. And, Fill yeah, we up. wash the dishes or, like, any... Well, we have a trailer now, but, like, now we're all bougie. But in years <laughs> past, yeah, you basically bring, like, a bin to do all your dishes in. And then you pour your gray water into a bucket and you take that out with you. So, yeah, it's everything. Or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. there's just people who do, like, evap ponds. Mm-hmm. If you, like, put towels in the water and then you like hang the towels up over the water like over the bin that you've done it'll like evaporate pretty quickly oh yeah yeah yeah. that's a good idea so yeah they do like they do like evap situations and there's people who are super technologically sound out there and just know what the hell they're doing 
that's, that's really fun. cool to see. Like yeah. we have solar set up. We do have a little evap pond. It's basically like a tarp that's like got sides and then we put towels in it and pour the gray water over it slowly. So yeah. What's your, uh, what's your cell signal like out there? I mean, I don't know. I never check it, you never but check you're phone. not, you don't get cell signal out there. Like yeah. I'm sure that there's probably a spot or two where you could find it, but like you kind of want to remove yourself from everything. Absolutely. But that's what I was wondering if it was just a really magical place where you almost were forced to remove yourself from the outside. World. Yeah, you are. It's so yeah. magical. That's cool. It's so magical. So yeah, leave no trace. Like don't like people who smoke cigarettes or smoke joints or whatever they're doing out there. Like you do not ash on the playa. Like people carry around little Altoids tins. Um, like my friend Trevor has these cool little pouch things that he has and like people just don't leave there's no there's no trash people don't leave water bottles people don't leave anything around like there's none of that um and part of that is that like if you do go to a bar you better supply your own damn cup because Mm. they don't have plastic cups to give you yeah there's one bar called the French Quarter and I like to call it the classiest place on the playa because they do give you glasses like actual Actual glasses glasses. they have to wash all those Mm -hmm. wow I mean like how sanitary is it probably not very but who cares it's fine at this point you're in you're in Burning Man and everything is fine everything's fine (laughs) so um yeah so leave no trace don't leave don't leave a damn trace of yourself um, participation. Uh, you are not just a like person that's there for no reason. Like you are part of this and you need to make yourself part of it. Climb that damn art sculpture, get up there and do it. Go see things, check things out, go into camps, talk to people, participate mm. because you don't want any spectacle. Like you're not, there's nobody there as a spectacle. Yeah. Everybody needs to be participating. And yeah, I mean, if you're watching like a sound camp that happened to bring a cool DJ out or something and there's like a fire spinner there, sure. Like there's something that's a spectacle to watch, but like in other moments you're participating, you're, you know, going to see the art, you're riding around, you're saying hi to your neighbors in the morning, whatever it is, participate. I like that because I, I feel like so much of our life is non-participation. Yeah. Watching TV, not very participation-based. Participatory? Participatory. I, like, I think we're going to go with particip- participatory. Participatory. <laughs> um, but it's, but yeah. it's true. I mean, I am like... Participate in your life. Don't sit around yeah. and let it go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know? We know people like that. They're letting their lives go nowhere. They're no, not, not participating. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, and then immediacy. It's now. It's happening now. Everything is happening now. And there is an immediate need for immediacy. <laughs> is this is, a lot? <laughs> um, not really. Okay. So an experience, in, like it's basically based on the experience, mm-hmm. right? So you, if you have a barrier in front of you, if you are hungry, feed yourself. If you need to go blow up your tire in your, in your uh, bike, go do it. Like don't wait until things get worse. Don't wait oh. until the next time. Just like go and get it done. Get it done. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's basically, it's to help you have a good experience, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like participation. Like you're not gonna have a good time if you don't try. Yeah. And if you are hungry now, you don't want to wait. Like this is my biggest thing. I get really hungry. And like when I'm hungry, I need to eat now. It's not, it's not in 20 minutes. It's not in an hour. It's now. Yeah. I'm hungry now. So like if I waited for Joel and all of my friends to come back to camp with me to get food, I would never feed myself. And you'd be angry and have a bad time. Exactly. And so like that, that decision to make the thing happen, like, do you have a cut? Do you need to get wound protection? Go do it now. Mm -hmm. Do you have blisters? Do you need to put tape on your feet? Go do it now. Did your bike tire go out and you need to go take care of it before hammer and cyclery closes for the day. Yeah. You need to go do that, you Mm -hmm. know? So basically like take, take your life into your own hands. And I think that one goes a lot along the lines of, um, radical self-reliance. Yeah. Like rely on yourself. Don't rely on others. Okay. So now that we have these 10 principles down, I feel like I want to incorporate them into my non-burning man life. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of the tips that you would give to first time burners if someone's someone's listening to this podcast podcast and they're like yeah i'm gonna go burning man this year for the first time and it's you know middle of august i mean what are your <laughs> that's probably too late guys yeah do not do that not, do not, not good unless you. you have like a magical group of friends that already goes and you can literally <laughs> just hitch a ride and get there like that's okay fine but still bring your own food and stuff and uh anyway don't do that do not recommend but uh read the whole damn survival guide the entire thing the how whole- long is it uh, it's like a couple pages. It's not that long. I think, hold on, we can pull it up right now. It's like literally the easiest thing ever to read, but it is, it good. It, it is everything. Like you need to know what you are getting yourself into. And they're not going to leave it out. They're not setting it for failure. No, they're not. They're literally saying like, here's how much water you need as a human to survive for this many days in the desert. 
But it's like, yeah, it talks about culture. It talks about transportation. It talks about infrastructure. It talks about how to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally goes through absolutely everything. Like what we've talked about and then a million times more. There's safety. There's consent and sexual misconduct. Um, there's a, just so much information there. And it goes from everything from how much water you'll need to the types of like wind conditions you have to prepare for oh, yeah. to the best ways to take care of it to how much food you should really like it goes into everything it goes into everything and i do not even talk to any of my friends about going to burning man until i'm like read the survival guide if you still want to go after that come talk to me i'll help you i will give you my packing lists i will show you the best dust mask to buy you know whatever it is but you need to know what you're getting yourself into this is not something this is not a coachella this is not Mm -hmm. a Lollapalooza. this is not a bonnaroo even this is this is real survival shit out in the desert and everything is due at your own risk. Yeah. So if you cannot take the time to sit down and read the survival guide that Burning Man organization literally puts up for you and they change it every year based on what the new things are, like whatever. Like last year, law enforcement section was much smaller. This year <laughs> is much larger. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, there's things that change every single year and you need to be aware of them. And yeah, if you can't, do that then you don't deserve to go to burning man if you ask me unless you're like a kid going with your mom i get that okay but like yeah you have to know what you're getting yourself into are there a lot of kids there yeah huh. there's definitely like areas to like we like to stay in the suburbs because i don't want some the suburbs mass. yeah that's what i call it i call it the burbs <laughs> so we like to camp in the burbs because i don't like the big giant sound camps bumping bass until you know 10 a.m when i'm trying to sleep so how do you ensure that you get into the burbs can you, um, or you just like hope for the best? You do have to hope for the best. I mean, well, now that we are doing theme camp stuff, it's a little different because we apply. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you there's renegade camping, so you don't have to be a part of a theme camp to come to Burning mm. Man. There's a bunch of area you can just camp in, and you just have to like basically like if you're driving up to where you enter Burning Man, the left side is like the party side, and the right side is like the burbs. Uh, so you just go to the right instead of the left at uh-huh. one point, but. I mean, unless you know exactly where every camp is, you can't, oh, it's, it's not, you need earplugs. It's not going to be quiet. It's not going to be quiet. I mean, how many people go, right? What are we looking at? I think it's like between 60 and 70,000, if I remember correctly. Not quiet. Not quiet. And <laughs> like art, sometimes it'll be like, you know, 11 a.m. and you'll be taking a nap and an art car will just be like, boom, 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 <laughs> boom, riding down the street. And you're like, oh, hello, Mr. Art Car. How are you today? Oh, that yeah. gets me, that pops up the question of pacing. So like. I've only gone to Coachella and regular music festivals. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, and I've gone camping. Yeah, but nothing like that merges the two a little bit. No, 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 no. Yeah, you. How did. do you pace yourself for ten days? This is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So do you like have like a ritual that you do every day to make sure you check these boxes? Oh yeah, I definitely like make sure. You know, like you know, guys know my water obsession by now. <laughs> um, when I wake up, I make sure I eat right away because, honestly, I'm typically hungry when I wake up because of yeah. all the bike riding. But you just need to make sure you start off your day with calories because it is so hot. And I know the first thing that I do when I'm going to step out of the trailer is Joel's going to hand me a beer. So, <laughs> like, you have to, like, prepare yourself for life, right? So I make sure I'm hydrated. I make sure I drink my coffee in the morning. Like, I still have my morning ritual of, like, getting up, drinking my water, drinking my coffee, and then in Burning Man's case, I eat something. Mm-hmm. Um I obviously brush my teeth and like rinse my face off with some water, you know, regular stuff. Regular stuff. And then, but, and then it's just into the madness. Now, when it comes to being out at Burning Man, they say never leave your camp without water. And that is real mm-hmm. because you don't want to ask somebody for water. That's like really not, that's kind of frowned upon, right? Radical self-reliance, dude. If you're like, it's just water. Yeah. If you're like stuck out in a dust storm or something and you're like at somebody's camp and you're like, Hey, my water ran out, they're going to give you water. But like, if you're just like riding around the playa, like an idiot, without any water people are gonna be like no dude go back to your camp and get some water yeah if you die along the way somebody will help you no that's true and i think that that also goes into um probably another principle but yeah you can't you can't just rely on everyone to, it's a gift no, to the community but, no you but not, do not rely on people yeah, you don't like definitely people are welcoming right like if there's a huge windstorm you need to take cover they're gonna let you under their structure they're gonna call you into their structure they're gonna be like come here come here mm-hmm. and if you're like 30 minutes later, it's still going on, and you're like, hey, man, I ran out of water. Do you have any? They're most likely going to give you water. But that's a different They situation. might hand you a beer instead, but you can happily decline, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you have to take care of yourself. Um, I take vitamins while I'm out there. I take wellness formula. 
Um, I have to make sure I take my allergy medicine because dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else I do. Oh, dust storms are real. So you always yeah. have to be prepared for that. Yes, be prepared for a dust storm. So I have goggles that I take out that I have modified so they fit over my glasses. Nice. Not my cool glasses, but ones that I can see out of. <laughs> um, and then I have a dust mask. Um, a dust mask. Can't talk. Um, mine is by a company called RZ Mask. It's actually a dirt bike riding mask. Oh, so you look stylish. So I look super stylish. Super badass. <laughs> super great. Would you look super great? So you're, besides looking badass with a dust mask, I know that a lot of thought goes into your outfits and the fashion mm-hmm. of Burning Man. I've seen your room. You've got like Ziploc baggies <laughs> full of all kinds of crazy looking <laughs> shit. Uh, tell us what, about, a little bit about that planning. So, um, if you're going to go to Playa and you've never been, um, and you're already going and like, you need some quick tips for packing, right? Ziploc bags, the gallon <laughs> size ones, buy them, use them. Thank me later. So I put all of my outfits into individual Ziploc bags. Um, that's a whole outfit too. Like I will put in, you know, my top, my bottoms, my underwear, mm-hmm. my socks, Um, anything else that I need for the outfit, whether it's like a headband or like whatever. So I keep everything together. So I'm not like constantly rifling through everything because Joel and I don't like to run our AC all the time and it gets so hot in that trailer. Like, oh my God, you just need to like breathe. You want like wind on your body outside. Yeah. But the wind is full of dust. Yeah. The wind is full of dust, but you know, (laughs) it's fine. Everybody has it on them. It's, it's okay. Um, but so yeah, we, um, you basically put it all together so that it's like less thinking, right? I don't wear makeup when I'm out there, like face makeup or anything. I do fill in my eyebrows cause I can't live my life without that. I look weird. So <laughs> I do fill in my eyebrows and I'll like curl my eyelashes and put like, you know, those flash tats. I'm a oh, big fan yeah, of those. Yeah, 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 you I love tats. those. All of them a face. Sometimes <laughs> too many. And Joel's like, what have you done? <laughs> You're like, it's a flash tat. It's the too much gene. I have the too much gene. Um, but yeah, I go for comfort and style, but mostly for comfort because you're riding a bike everywhere. So that's already just an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. It is a billion degrees. And by a billion, I mean, it's probably like 90 to a hundred degrees every day, if not higher. Um, I'm trying to think foot protection. Foot protection. I wear boots, boots always. Does everyone wear boots? Is that just a smart idea? I mean, Joel, (laughs) we call Joel playa socks because (laughs) Joel likes to go around the playa without any shoes on. What do his feet look like after? So he's just a superhuman. I don't understand how he does that. So there's a like common thing called playa foot, which, so the dust you're in is alkaline, like very Mm -hmm. alkaline. And like for me, who is an oily person, that's fantastic. Yeah. I don't have to use dry shampoo when I'm out there. I don't have to worry about like my face breaking out or my back breaking out while I'm out there. Too much information. Sorry. Anyway, I don't have to worry about any of that while I'm out there because the alkaline dust like balances my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joel, like if you, if I walk around barefoot all day, first off, I would never do that. I like, can't walk in. It's just, ugh, no, <laughs> but he walks around barefoot or like with just like shower shoes on like sandals and he sleeps with his dirty little feet oh no he does not (laughs) oh no 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 i make him wash those or like wipe them off we use a lot of wipes over there um but yeah uh his when he takes off his pants sometimes it'll look like he still has socks on because the dust is so caked on his feet Uh uh-huh it's super attractive Way is he the only person that does this? I no, think. there's other people that do it too. Like my friend Dave's wife does it, and they all—they both like him and him and Elsie uh, laugh about it every year. And I just sit there like, you guys are nuts. I don't nuts. know. I think I would have like combat boots on with five different pairs of socks. Oh yeah, well don't wear too many pairs of socks because they'll rub and that'll give you blisters. But that's uh, just like a hiking secret, yeah. isn't that? Yeah. I learned that from my uncle who hikes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so combat boots for sure. Um, definitely I bring gloves out there, not like knit gloves, but like work gloves, like leather gloves, because when you're setting stuff up and tearing stuff down, if you do not protect your hands from that dust, it gets ugly. Like I every year have to give my friend Trevor a manicure on the playa because he just like tears his fingers to shreds because the cuticle gets so, um, dry, so dry. So yeah, um, I definitely do uh, on playa manicures primarily for Trevor and myself because he never wants to do it himself. But so lotion was lotion a thing that you should be bringing? Lo- oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely an end of the night before you go to bed thing because yeah. it you know it would like cake the dust up. But yeah, lotion's a necessity. Um, I use just like coconut oil. Okay. Because it's just easiest and it absorbs quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean. 
You need a lot of things, but the gallon plastic bag trick is a big one that I love. Um, dust mask, a good dust mask. No, a bandana will not work. I mean, it will, <laughs> but you'll be coughing stuff up for a month. Yes. Yeah, so what's the recovery like when you get back from Burning Man? So we call it decompression. Okay. So you have to decompress and come back into a world that is unlike the one that you were just in for, for however long you were yeah. there. And it is a radical difference. Like you see people angry on the freeway, you deal with traffic, you deal with like people who have mean mugging faces. Like you just, you deal with society again and it's kind of a big, it throws you for a loop a little bit. And so we call it decompression and it depends on the year. It depends on how intense the year is. Some years are really hard and some Mm -hmm. years are pretty easy. Um, I feel like preparation this year was really easy. So I'm probably going to come back here saying I'm never going to Burning Man again. (laughs) Um, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm definitely going to go back, but it's, yeah. I mean, every year is different. The challenges are different. It is not the place to go. If you are not 100% okay with your relationship, like if your Mm -hmm. relationship is on the rocks or is, you know, mildly on the rocks, like don't go to Burning Man. There's too much of a distraction there not even from each other, but just in general, like there's so many things going on and depending upon, if you can't express to your partner what you need and you can't take it upon yourself to give yourself the things that you need, then Burning Man is not the place to figure out your relationship. You know, um, it will test you and try you. The winds are gnarly. It is hot outside. You are sleeping in a tent or in some other situation. If you're lucky, you are, up all day you are probably up all night too it's not comfortable to sleep the dust storms come frequently sometimes they are really strong sometimes they're scary and if you're out in the middle of nowhere you literally just have to stop and just wait for them to pass um there can be rain on playa and they'll shut the playa down for a while i mean it's the desert it can it goes from extreme one extreme to the other and it can be really cold at night it can be warm at night. It it's just all over the place. It's all over the place. Yeah. And so you really have to be like like I was saying, like that year it was really hot. There was a lot of emotional people. Mm. It's not normally like that, and it's really hot there. Like that year it got to like one ten one Oof. day. So it was bad. It was yeah. like very hot, very windy. Um yeah, it was it was a hard year. But you see your emotions come out more towards the end of the week because you're so tired. So you just, yeah, you, it's hard. Burning Man is not easy and it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the people who get offended easily. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's literally camps out there that like purposely like want to offend you. Yeah. (laughs) There's called Barbie. There's a Barbie death camp. Oh, and that's like a bunch of beheaded and de-armed and de-legged Barbies Barbies, that are like decorating their camp. There's a unicorn death and like they, if you have a unicorn, like their thing is, is they'll like try to chase you down for your unicorn. Oh, they're you trying know? to get the horn? Yeah, trying to get the horn oh, of the that's unicorn. Oh, And like they won't actually take anything from yeah. you or whatever, but yeah, it's just funny. So there's a lot of like, you know, you just, you have to be prepared for the weirdest thing you're ever going to do in your life, but also the most beautiful place you're ever going to do it in. Also with some of the most beautiful, loving, open people you've ever seen in the world, all gathering together from different parts of America, from different parts of South America, from different parts of everywhere. Like there's people from Japan. Like I was saying earlier, my friend stayed with like this Chinese group that comes out. There's, there's so many different walks of life there and it's just such a beautiful place. And I really think that Burning Man's taught me that a community can really live together and survive if they rely on one another and can rely on one another. Mm-hmm. But society that we live in now doesn't do that. They turn us all against each other. Yeah, so. that kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. There's two things that or, that Burning Man sets, Burning Man Org sets up. Um, they set up the man to burn, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't do that. They don't do that. Who does so that? they basically, out on the playa, I remember I was saying there's a bunch of art and stuff. Yeah. So it's an artist. It's oh, different every year. Different the man is different every year. every year. The temple is different every year. Um, so yeah, the temple is something that you've talked about before and... I think that a lot of people don't know about it, but it's really cool. Yeah. So um, Burning Man sets up, or like there's two main attractions at the end of Burning Man, right? One of them is burning down the man, which is as literal as it sounds <laughs> and as like metaphorical as it sounds. Like we are commencing the end of our year. It's basically like New Year's Eve. It's like party. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out. Everybody's drunk all day, drunk all night. All the big parties happen that night. Um, so the night the man burns is always Saturday. So it will be September 1st, I believe, mm-hmm. this year. And um, it's always on Saturday. 
And it's a giant party. And they burn down the man. And everybody's cheering, like, burn him down, burn him down. Everybody, like, cheers <laughs> when uh, he falls and all that stuff. And it's like our fuck you to society, right? Yeah. Like, we don't need you. Um, the temple is very different. The temple is always right behind burning man like right behind the man um but far enough away that it's like visible from the man but it's nowhere near it and the temple is the only quiet place on playa it is basically it's built like a temple every year it's a little different and they burn it down and it's where people can go to leave pieces of themselves that they want to let go of Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like people who have passed away photos and stories Sometimes there's letters that are pinned up on the temple. Sometimes there's pictures. Sometimes there's like actual things that are laying there that they're like sacrificing to, you know, for their friend or for whoever they lost. There's a lot of people just saying like, I'm done, um, you know, not being the person I want to be. And they're like letting that go away. So there's like confessions on there. There's letters to lovers that like their relationship ended. There's so many different things. People write on it with Sharpie. Like it's totally acceptable, totally good. And at the end of the on Sunday, they burn it down. And it is the quietest place on Playa. I have never been there without just bawling my eyes out. And I'm not an easy crier. Yeah. Like, I didn't cry in Handmaid's Tale. I thought about it for a minute. I bawled every episode. Every episode, I can't. I don't think I can enter the temple. I would just lose it. Yeah, (laughs) no, you... But you, like... It's it's an energy field, like, around that thing. And you can feel it when you walk up. It gets really heavy. And, you know, if you're having a hard year, you kind of avoid going there because you know it's all going to bubble up. And... Yeah, I mean, there's been times I've walked into the temple and like, you're just grieving with all these people. You're just literally watching them grieve or you're looking at other people's grief or looking at their, you know, whatever they're going through. There was a man one year who was playing like one of those Tibetan bowls mm. and stuff like that is accepted there. People don't mind. Um, and he was crying and this man came up behind him. I was like watching all of this. He was crying while he was playing this bowl, like right in front of a picture of somebody at the temple and he was crying and playing the bowl and this other guy came up and sat behind him and said, can I hug you? And the guy said, yeah. And he like put his arms around him and embraced him for a minute. And then he said, can I play with you? And he sat down next to him and pulled out his own Tibetan bowl and started playing with the man and crying with him. Yeah. And it was just like beautiful human connection. Like, I don't think they knew each other. I think that was just like a, hey, let me help you through this or like be next to you while you go through this. And Things like that happen at the temple all the time. And, you know, it's it's a sad place. It's a beautiful place. It's so many things. But where the man burn is this giant celebration, the temple burn is completely silent. Mm. Like, you can hear every crackle of wood, even if you're way in the back. And it's emotional, and it's hard to watch. And you know that half the people around you have left things in there and that they're releasing it right now, and you can feel that. And... Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the temple sounds like one of the best and worst parts of Burning Man. Mm-hmm. But Burning Man in general, like when I hear you talk about it and I hear other people talk about it, because I feel like I, I'm the only person that doesn't go to Burning Man, um, <laughs> it really strips away all the excess in our life and it brings you down to your humanistic emotions, yes. right? The burning of the man is very heathenistic and we're burning it down and we're like, we don't need anything. And mm-hmm. then the, the temple is just taking you to this deep, deep, pieces of yourself mm-hmm. that you have to release and then you have to just rely yourself in the rely on yourself in nature and it's just a bunch of stripping away in the best of ways yeah it is it's pulling away all the things that separate us as a society and that's one of the reasons people were so mad at that camp i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. right is that they had so many things that we are trying to not promote as a community right they had basically slaves they had people <laughs> yeah. that they were enslaving to make them food on the playa And, you know, obviously those people were getting paid, I'm sure, or like that was part of their gift to the camp, maybe. But, you know, people take these things really seriously and we don't want those outside opinions and regulations. We don't care. Like we don't, when we're at a Burning Man, I don't want to know if my neighbor next to me is the poorest man on earth or the richest. Because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. It's about how you treat your community members. It's about how you're participating in this society. And it's about like what you're doing to make the playa better. And that's so beautiful. And that's how we should all look at each other. We should all be looking at each other. Like, how can I help you? Not what can you do for me? Because mm-hmm. that's so much of what our society is, is what can you do for me? Why are exactly. you in my life? What, what are you doing for me? And like, I think on the self-help side, like I get that people need to remove toxic people from their life. But I also think that 
there's a lot of that going on, but in the same breath, people aren't understanding the difference between a toxic relationship and somebody who just you love, but doesn't have some sort of monetary value to you. Mm -hmm. And I think Burning Man strips that away. And I think that it's beautiful. And I think that if you're called to go, you should definitely go. And maybe Juliet will come that year. (laughs) (laughs) If you're lucky. No, I think that that I will eventually come. I just know it's going to be a lot of work. It's a lot. It's definitely (laughs) like... But then I hear you say what you just said. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go Burning Man and cry and be happy and all that and then I'm like oh. and see those beautiful sunsets and those incredible sunrises and to watch like to just literally be riding your bike somewhere and then somebody be like do you want a grilled cheese because I like, have a grilled yes. cheese <laughs> yeah exactly like my friend Mish is actually going to be out on playa this year and she's going to cook grilled cheeses for like a bunch of people she got like a little portable griddle and she got a fake piece of astroturf nice. and she got flamingos and she's going to go set up like a little stand out in deep playa and i told her that she now needs a fountain because i was in um i was in the valley the other day going to deborah Lindquist's mm-hmm. house and i saw this it was hilarious it had like it was this house and it was just a normal like one-story house like nothing super fancy but it had this extremely fancy ceramic fountain oh, and yes. then two flamingos and she i was has like Mish, you have to have this if you're listening and you have a fountain we can borrow uh like i'm looking for an inflatable one to like show up with and be like look i got you a fountain bitch <laughs> that'd be cool or even you know like a kiddie pool would probably suffice as oh well. my god i have one of those i bring it to playa it's part of my shower Well, yeah, maybe get her a different one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, you're you just be your silly self. Come to Birdie Man, Juliet. Okay, next year. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) guys, we can check in next year and see if Juliet actually made it. I'll have to start planning like as soon as this one's over. Yeah, I'll give you the shopping list. You can start (laughs) your shopping early. We already have a shade structure for you, so at least you don't have that. Oh, perfect. I'm running a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Not a bad choice. Um, I hope this episode was very inspiring and, I don't know, answers a few questions. It definitely answered a bunch of my questions. Yeah, I mean, it was really fun for me. I didn't have to take any notes at all. I know. This is like Lindsay's baby. For nine <laughs> months out of the year, she's planning Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, for like heavy planning. Heavy planning. Spending lots of money in the fabric district. Oh, fun. Uh-huh, see, these things so are why I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> You have to see what I did to my hat this year. We're going to put it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, this podcast is powered by a couple of cool people we just want to mention. Uh, Deborah Lindquist, we called her out earlier. So if you're going to bring man and you need some cool shiznat. Ooh, one of my outfits is from her. I ah, can't wait to show you that's guys. That's so exciting. So yeah. yeah, Lindsay's already outfitted with it. You can get 15% off your order using the t- a code COT15 uh, at, Deb- checkout. at checkout for DebraLindquist.com. The other thing we're sponsored by or powered by, is that what you said? Yeah. (laughs) The other thing we're powered by is Red Bear Roastery. And he sent me a nice email today and said, hey, I've been thinking that 10% is horse crap and that we should up it to 20%. (laughs) So you now get 20% off of your Red Bear Roastery orders. Um, It's the best coffee in the world, if you ask me. Um, It's really good. It's handcrafted. It is roasted um, in micro batches. So you're never, you're not getting like a Folgers style thing um he's about to come out with his cold brew all bottled and labeled and ready to go they look so cool they're already in i love it um but yeah go to redbearroastery.com get on that subscription life and uh yeah save 20 percent with off topic at checkout sweet wow you guys are getting all the goodies well thank you guys for tuning in uh we will see you next week make sure you like subscribe comment what else do you need to do all the things oh also our giveaway will be up by the time this episode comes out so definitely check out our instagram um there's a giveaway going on with 805 cbd um so definitely check out 805 cbd as well now that i just added another ad in there i know Um, and we'll have we'll have some more information on that on our instagram so check it out all right guys thanks for tuning in we love you and we'll talk to you soon you know what we forgot? Uh-oh. A moment of gratefulness. Oh, I, I thought about that in the beginning. But yeah, let's give our moment of gratefulness. Okay. <laughs> I had one earlier and then now I forgot. Okay. So today I'm grateful that I got to teach my dad that carrots come in multiple colors today because he didn't know that. And wow. I just love teaching my father things because he's such a stickler about the fact that he taught me everything. So uh, when he picked up the white carrot off of my desk and was like, what the hell is this? I was like, dad, that's a carrot. And he went to reach for an orange one. I'm like, it tastes like a carrot, dad. He's like, no way. And he like dipped it in my vegan ranch dressing. And he was like, tastes like a carrot. So thanks, Jack Lucas. Awesome. That's what I'm grateful for today. That's that was my favorite moment of today. And like, it's gotten me through. That was pretty early this morning too. I like to eat carrots for breakfast. I didn't have anything else in my office. So anyway, 
Carrots for breakfast. Highly recommend. Oh, that's great. But yeah. I so love that. He didn't know there was albino carrots and purple carrots. And purple and They're like kind of red, red, orange. Yeah. yeah. Now I really want a purple carrot. Mm-hmm. Well, I ate a whole bag of them today. They're so, so good. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Um, what am I grateful for? I am grateful that... So I've had an issue with my phone. It's a long story. And next episode, I'm going to tell you the hack that I learned because too much now. I am grateful for this guy, Joe, at Verizon, <laughs> which I'm usually not because phone companies suck. Especially Joe. Joe is okay. Uh, <laughs> but I called him with a technical issue, and I was very, very ready for it not to work and to be on hold for like 45 minutes and just hate my life and throw my phone. None of that happened. Joe, in 20 minutes, fixed my issue. So I'm actually grateful to a Verizon employee today. Weird. Yeah, you're grateful for so technical weird. support. Yes, but when usually Dan's it not never helped. <laughs> well, I asked Dan, he was like, figure it out your damn self. I'm like, come on! <laughs> you know, like, people think that because Dan is, like, this big nerd tech guy that, like, Juliet and I have gotten, like, help from him. No. And, like, he does not help us. No. I think, like, in particular, he doesn't help us the most because he helps Joel. Yes. And he helps TK. And he helps all these other people. But when it's me and Juliet, he's like, figure it out. Figure it out. You got it. Google think, that shit. I think he believes in us. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's yeah. very frustrating when I'm just like, Dan, I just need you to do this for me because it's going to take me three hours and it'll take you 10 minutes. And you know, his responsibility to you? Figure then, it out. But then, but then you'll, you'll know, know how to do it. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to know. I just want it to be fixed. Like when he tells me all the hacks on Google Chrome and then I'm like, wait, I'll like text him the next day and be like, wait, how was the hack thing that you did and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe you should Google it. And I'm just like, <laughs> That's our life. And yeah. this is our podcast. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. A whole hour.